Welcome to the With Clarity and Purpose podcast with your host, Janet Borrego. Each week, I bring you an inspiring person or message to empower you to live life on your terms so you can be who you want to be, do what you are meant to do, and have the life you deserve to have. We will provide you with practical and cutting-edge approaches to continue getting clarity and direction on your path, mastering your mindset, and gaining confidence to tap into your inner wisdom so you can live on purpose. One thing every successful individual, leader, and entrepreneur have in common is a consistent morning routine. Having a simple, easy-to-implement routine enables you to start your day with a sense of purpose, accomplishment, clarity, and direction. For this reason, I have prepared for you a free guide with an easy-to-follow 5 minutes morning routine and a tracking template where you can document your progress day by day. I've been receiving messages from some of you already telling me how this habit has transformed your days for the better. Download this 5 minutes morning routine right now by clicking the link on my show notes so you can start your day on purpose. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of With Clarity and Purpose. And I am beyond excited and honored for today's episode because I have someone that I'll be interviewing that she has been such a huge mentor and advocate and a role model for me in many areas, in the areas of leadership, public speaking, and mentorship. Her name is Noemi Alvarez, and I'm going to give a quick intro about herself in a second. How are you, Noemi? Welcome to With Cloudy and Purpose. I am doing wonderful today. Thank you, Annette. Oh, I'm so excited. So everyone, Noemi Alvarez, she's a public speaking mentor and advocate, and she's so passionate about mentorship. And honestly, that's one of the reasons why she's here today, because We are going to talk about leadership, public speaking, feedback is going to be a powerful episode. Noemi is also a risk advisor for IT in oil and gas. So she wears many hats. Toastmasters, if you don't know about Toastmasters and what it is, Toastmasters is a leadership and public speaking club. And Noemi has coached and mentored numerous speakers in preparations to competitions And she has also mentored several Toastmasters clubs. So honestly, she's the Toastmasters mentor because she was for me. So I just think she's the Toastmasters mentor for everyone. She also holds the highest award in Toastmasters that a member can accomplish. The award Mm -hmm. is called the Distinguished Toastmasters. It's DTM. That's the Mm -hmm. acronym. And I see it here in your Zoom, Noemi. So I love that you incorporated that into your name and introduction there. How did I know Noemi? Oh, my God. It goes back to 2017. And Noemi, I did my research before joining Zoom. Back Mm -hmm. in 2017, I remember I was starting to post Facebook videos because I knew that public speaking was one of my passions. And I realized that the company that I was working for in oil and gas, they had two Toastmasters club. And I didn't know what Toastmasters was about, but I knew it had to do with leadership and public speaking. So Mm -hmm. Noemi was listed as one of the contacts and I reached out to her. We had a coffee. I remember just like it was yesterday. And she told me, Janet, you have to win Toastmasters. And not only that, we need a president soon. So hopefully that will be you. (laughs) So literally like two months after, I mean, I became a member and I was being the president of this Toastmasters club. And I relied heavily, to be honest with all of you in Noemi. And she was such a big influence and a mentor for me. And every day I think about you, Noemi, because I do public speaking, I do coaching and communicating and leading better has been such an enabler for what I do, my friend. So thank you for everything you do with me and with everyone else. (laughs) You're welcome. I love it. So Noemi, 
tell us about your background, where you're from, what do you do? I know I told everyone a little bit about it, but we want to hear from you. What is your background? Okay, so my background, I was born and raised in Houston. I was raised on the east side of Houston, and I started working at a very young age where I currently work. I've been there for almost 37 years. Wow. I started at the young age of 16. And I feel very blessed to be employed at the same company for so many years. One of the things that I really admire about my employment is or are the people that I've met because a lot of them have mentored me, have offered to mentor me. And I think that's where I get the giving back is if people have done it for, for me, then it's only right for me to help others. But to go back where I'm from, my family was from Mexico. And I would say in the early 70s, they came to the United States and my mom had me and that's how I ended up in Houston. Oh, I Any other that. questions? Yes, of course. I have many questions for you yeah. today. I what about to my you? background? I'm like, there's so much that I can say, but I know we're probably limited on time. Yes, we're going to get all the key knowledge from you today, Noemi, and we'll have you back okay. one day, I'm sure. So we're talking today about public speaking and just the influence that public speaking has in people's lives. And it's something that a lot of people are afraid of doing. So we are going to get there. But what was your journey? What has been your journey around public speaking and even about getting involved in Toastmasters? How has that been for you? Okay, this is what I remember how it happened. We had a reorg at work and I was supporting some executive managers and I had a difficult time communicating with them. I remember just over the phone when they would call me, ask me for information, or if I needed to collect information from them, I would start perspiring and I would start getting nervous and my words would just jumble up and I knew that it would put me in a bad situation. And I remember hearing about Toastmasters at work. And at that moment, after meeting with several executive managers, I said, it's time. It's time for me to do something about this. So I did. I attended the club. It was back in 2007. And that day that I attended, they were having a table topic contest. But for those of you that are not familiar with Toastmasters, please Google it. You can go to toastmasters.org. And there's plenty of information, videos, anything you, you would want to learn about Toastmasters basically known as public speaking, but there's so much more about Toastmasters other than public speaking. And I went and they were having a table topic contest. Basically, they ask a question and you answer it. And they said, do you want to participate? And my mind was saying, no, no, no. But they were so nice about it that I said, okay, I'll take a stab at it. So they asked me a very basic, quick, easy question about children. And me having three, three kids at that time, they were little, I should have been able to answer it but I was so afraid. I got nervous and I remember my legs were shaking and I wanted to cry in the moment. And just thinking about that moment makes me want to cry. So I left there so disappointed about myself because most of you know that we're so hard on ourselves. But again, the people were so nice and said, you did great. You did well. Don't worry. Just keep coming back and you'll get better. And I remember walking back to my building because it was a couple of streets away. And I just said, this isn't for me, that they're too good for me. I'm not good enough. And I didn't give up though. There was, like I said, there were very nice people. It's the safest environment that a person can grow in. So I went back and I kept going back and I kept seeing people do very well in speaking. And at some point, something just clicked and said, I want to be just like them. I want to be able to speak like that. I want to do that. And what was that point that, for you? I mean, how do you make that shift? What do you think shifted within yourself that you're like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do it. I think because there was so much in me that I wanted to communicate and I had a hard time communicating. I knew that I had good ideas or I had solutions to problems. And because I was afraid to communicate, then I wouldn't share that information. Yeah. And that's what makes you a more valuable employee at work. And that's what I'm referring to at work. And I always felt bad for not communicating or sharing my ideas because I would end up saying, if only I would have said this, or if only I would have shared that. But I was so afraid to communicate. How is it going to come out? 
looking back, what Toastmasters taught me is to share my vulnerabilities because I grew up English as a second language. And it was funny because back when I was growing up, it wasn't really called that. But I do remember taking Spanish classes and classes in elementary. And then at some point, at some grade, we transitioned from Spanish to English. But I didn't know it was ESL until I started public speaking. And I started making connections. Then I realized, hey, I think I was an ESL student. They just didn't call it that back then. Wow. So then I was able to vocalize and say and pinpoint what my issue was because I grew up speaking Spanish. And then in my neighborhood, we spoke Spanglish or we spoke in English. And I felt that the environment that I was in at my company, that my English wasn't good enough because I worked with a lot of people that English was their first language and they were educated. And I didn't go in with a college degree. I was only 16, still in high school. So I think that's where I developed my theory even more of speaking up and sharing my great ideas. And I'm not saying that they're great because I thought they were great, but because a lot of people told me that I had some great ideas once I started sharing one-on-one with my supervisors or managers, and they would say, you need to share more of your great ideas. You have great ideas. Just share it. Just say it. But I was feared, what if I don't say it right? What if I use the wrong word or the wrong tense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are they going to perceive me? I love that, so, my friend. I mean, for those that don't know what table topics are, they are a section in the Toastmasters meeting. And honestly, it's a section that is the most intimidating to me, too. <laughs> It's a section where you get to improvise the answer to a question or a quote that someone selects randomly or sometimes they select, they already have an order, but the speaker doesn't know the question or the quote. So the speaker comes and then in one to two minutes, he needs to develop just a quick speech, just improvising out of thin air. And that's what literally you're practicing you're practicing just thinking on your feet. Is that right, Noah? Yes. yes, that is correct. And I don't want to scare anybody away. Typically, away from being a guest at a club, typically they take on the members and the guests have the option to answer a question or not. So I like, I want to mention that because then I don't want people that have a fear of public speaking to say, oh my gosh, my first day they're going to. Yeah, I'll be picked. And every club is different. They each have a different culture. They do it slightly different, although they all have the curriculum and of Toastmasters International. It's an international club, so it's mm. around the world. It, for those of you that travel, there's Toastmasters everywhere. everywhere. Every country has a Toastmasters chapter. So you are correct. The table topics is the area that you can quickly get something out of attending the Toastmasters meeting. But the trick is, is that you have to put yourself in that uncomfortable situation to be able to grow. I knew that I wanted to get out there and answer a question. And at first I had this fear like, what if my words don't come out and I go out there and I jumble because I'm nervous and they just don't come out properly. But in my heart, I wanted to answer that question so bad. Most questions are about your life or have what's your favorite book? What's your favorite song? What's your favorite this? Or maybe your opinion about an important topic that's currently going on in your environment. And that's just the beauty of, of Toastmasters and helping you grow and sharpen that communication skills. You have to have to put yourself out there. I love that. And it's a lot of fun too, because sometimes people, they make it fun on purpose with their answers. Mm -hmm. And I just remember laughing so much. Oh my God, Ray. (laughs) Ray, oh my God, I haven't talked to him in so long. He's still a member. And he's a magnificent member of Toastmasters and he has this natural skill to be funny. Yes. And I knew every time he would stand up, I was just like laughing already in a good way. He has this positive energy around him. Yes. Oh my God. Everything I, he says, it comes out funny. Everything and by he the way, says is hilarious. He was our Toastmasters Club president in 2020. So oh so my God. I, I didn't know that. That's exciting. Yes. I was able to mentor him in that role. And it was really challenging because of pandemic. Yeah. But I wow. told him just, just do your best, get exactly. in that role and just do your best and let me know if you have any questions, need help. And I mentored him and, and he did well. I'm was, sure he did. He was like, I was so proud of him. Oh, that's mentor. beautiful. 
And those masters, I mean, whenever, if you're interested in public speaking, of course, we strongly recommend that you try it. And when you go to the meetings, they are highly structured meeting. I mean, your time will not be wasted. There is a clear objective and intention to each meeting. And that's why it's so efficient because you come into that room and you're going to get something Mm -hmm. out of there related to leadership, public speaking, whatever your intention is really. Even connecting with like-minded individuals, there are so many benefits. It's just, I'm talking about it and I'm like, I need to get back ASAP because it's just yes, such a, a powerful organization. Um, and would you, I, yeah, for those, let me add to that. For those of you that work at corporations, some of those corporations do have a chapter, mm-hmm. which are considered, could be considered private clubs. And there's also public clubs. In your neighborhood, you just, when you go to that website, toastmasters.org, you put in your zip code and it will show you, ask you for a radius of 10 miles or 20 miles, 50 miles. And I guarantee you there's plenty of clubs where you currently live and they can meet in the evening. So it's more convenient if you can't meet during work time. Uh, some in the morning. So for those of you early birds that want to meet in the morning before you go to work or get your day started. And I guarantee you there there's wonderful people and you'll see some people that you might think that are very good at speaking already, but it's because they've been practicing like anything. It just takes practice. So some are good in one area and each sharpening in others. So you'll see a variety of skills. I love that. And I really appreciate, Noemi, you sharing your journey, you know, with English as your second language, because To be honest with you, I had the same struggle when I moved from Puerto Rico, which was a U.S. territory, but Puerto Ricans mainly speak Spanglish, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. 80% Spanish, 20% English. Okay, that's our Spanglish there. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved here, that I started working in this amazing corporation with people whose first language was English, I felt very intimidated and I was very aware of my accent and of finding the right word. I mean, so many things. And I remember, I remember going into this meeting. It was from an ERG. No, it was from a United Way meeting, right? Which is a community organization. And this leader was talking to the whole group and he had such a strong accent. He was French and he was a plant manager of one of the biggest refineries. And he had such a strong accent And I was like, wow, if he can do it, I can do it too. So I believe that us sharing our struggles and even showing up and speaking with accent or not, whatever that is for you, is going to inspire so many people to not use the accent as an obstacle or having English as your second language as an obstacle to just share your story and show up into the world. I think that's so important. Yes. The more that you just start letting go of some of those thoughts that English is not my first language, but you just go out and put yourself out there. What I've learned is that even though you pronounce the words differently, people know and they adjust and they, they'll they figure out what you're saying. They'll put the, exactly. the, the story together. Yeah, you're communicating. And even when yes. I look at people who speak purely English, they forget words too. Like they face the same challenges that we face. So it's no, we believe it's different, but it's no different. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's another nugget for those of you that are bilingual and think about it this way. You know, two languages and those people right. that speak English, they may only know one. So that's an advantage right there. That's a huge advantage. So sometimes it's good to spin it and put a positive spin to what you're thinking. If you have a negative thought, say, oh, I have I know two languages and that person may only know one. I love it. And honestly, another way how I spin it, I was like, hey, I'm going to be the Sofia Vergara of personal development. <laughs> you know, like she's yes. super famous. Yes, she's yes, successful. Yes, yes, yes. She has a huge accent. <laughs> I don't know if in real life she has a huge accent, but at least in TV and stuff. And she's super successful, even with her yes. accent. She's funny. Another thing that helped me, Noemi, is knowing that only 7% of communication are words, right? So our body language, our tone of voice, all of those things, I mean, where you don't need words, they play a big role in how you communicate and public speaking. So just the meaning of these words, right? So that's helpful. That's a good point. So if you've noticed, I've I've done some gestures 
too. So those are all the basic gestures that you will learn in Toastmasters and also body language. I've picked up a lot of body language skills in Toastmasters. So sometimes if I'm talking about something serious, perhaps I want to make a serious face because if I'm serious, you're going to be serious. If I'm happy, if you see that I'm happy, then you're going to be happy. If I'm mad, it might reflect on you as well. And that determines could be determinations an experienced speaker versus a non-experienced speaker. If I'm crying and laughing, will I confuse you, for example? So those are all skills that you gain. And again, it's not day one, day two that you attend, but throughout your journey and experience in Toastmasters, you'll learn to pick up all of these skills and when to interject those gestures and body language to add more to your speech. That's so beautiful. Well said, Noemi. A lot of people struggle with that fear of public speaking. And what I've realized also is a fear of being seen and being vulnerable, like you mentioned. What are the biggest fears based on the mentorship you have done to many clubs and many members? What are the things that people struggle with the most in terms of that fear? And what are some tips that you can give to help them overcome that bump and really get up there and share their story wherever they want to share it? Some of the fears are... What are people going to think about mm. the subject that they're talking about or what, whatever they're, they're saying? And that's very common. I even worried about what people are going to think. <laughs> yes. And then you, you just have to get to the point where you say, I don't care what they think. And that's a practice. You just have to mentally keep practicing and telling yourself, I don't care what they think. Nobody's perfect. I'm in a safe environment. And in Toastmasters, it's a safe environment. But what I tell my men, is this is where you practice because I want you in Toastmasters because I want you to shine outside of Toastmasters. When you meet with your managers, when you're doing that presentation, when you're doing a workshop like you, Yannette, that's where I want you to shine. So you have your place of practice to be able to shine and put it all together out in the, what I call the real world. So I would say it's also a mind thing that you have to practice. It's not only a vocal thing, but it's a mind thing that you develop that muscle, your mind muscle to say, it's okay, nobody's perfect. It's okay, I'm going to do my best because there's no such thing as perfect anything, including a speech. Mm -hmm. So it took me a while to learn that there's no such thing as a perfect speech. But one of my Toastmasters mentors, when I told him that I needed some time to practice my speech and rehearsed it and he said well how long do you give yourself I said a month is probably like the minimum for me to prepare he said why he said can I tell you something there's no such thing as a perfect speech but just go out there and do it give yourself a week a two week practice giving yourself different types of times to see how you do and just remember there's so that's what I needed to hear in the moment I needed to hear that there's no such thing as a perfect speech so now I share that with my mentees especially for those of you that are preparing to give a speech at work. Your boss isn't going to come to you and say, you have 30 days to practice or 30 days to prepare. What if you only have one day Yeah. or you have two days? You need to be able to put something together and structure it and deliver it and learn from that experience. That so is that perfect. You use what you learn into the next task that your boss gives you. Or if you, you're your own boss, maybe somebody will ask you, can you come tomorrow and do a workshop? Well, you don't have a week to prepare for that workshop, Yannette. So you have to use all of those skills and do it, put yourself out there and do it, and then take the learnings from that situation and apply it to the next one. That's all we can do is making progress going forward. I truly love what you said about learning because Part of the mindset shift that I've done every time I have a workshop or a speech or even with these episodes is going back to the mindset of learning. Hey, I'm here mm -hmm. to learn, right? And there is no failure, only feedback. So whatever happens, I get to learn from it and get that lesson so I can incorporate it moving forward. So that what you said, Noemi, has been huge for me to do things that I'm afraid of because every time I'm doing something new, that fear pops up and says, I'm here. So I think it's really important to have a student and a learner mindset. And it's a lifelong mm -hmm. process. And to keep that mm -hmm. every time, because like you said, there are not perfect people. 
And there are not people who are experts on everything, right? We are continually learning step by step. So I really appreciate that. Yes. The other thing, yeah, go ahead, Noemi. And I was going to say that, again, that is a practice. So if you take any nuggets out of this episode is that everything you have to practice in order to get to where you want to get, it's not day one or day two or immediate, but it's a practice. So give yourself some time to get there. It's showing up. 80% is -hmm. showing up. You show up, you practice, you become better at it. So that's beautiful, Noemi. The other thing that has helped me tremendously is to shift the focus from myself, what people are going to think, am I going to say the right word, to actually the audience. I'm here to serve and to share my stories and all the knowledge that I have. And even before a speech, I usually take a moment to set my intention. And my intention is to serve as best as I can. It doesn't even have to be with me other than learning, but it's just shifting. It's shifting into a value-added mentality or mindset instead of a self-focused, you know, what are people going to think about me? I think that's really powerful too, that mindset shift. I'm sure you do that subconsciously also. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. And another vulnerability that I want to share that I might've mentioned in the past, but when you, it's, it's very normal to think of the worst, the negative thought, the negative thought, the negative thought. It's very normal for us to do it. So I know it's it's common for most people to think, what if Super that? And what I've read is that mindset in us because way back in the days, the caveman days, and they didn't want to get eaten by big animals, et cetera, et cetera. So that's very common. But the more that you practice on countering that thought, the better you will get at getting rid of that thought. Or sometimes you can just let it go by. Don't entertain that negative thought and just keep focusing on what your goal is. Keep focusing on the of the positivities of what you're about to do. So that's what I can share. And the other thing that I wanted to share is that I read a lot about self-help. Same here. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and I highly recommend it, especially for those of you that financially may not be able to attend a workshop, but the books are free at the library. You can rent. Or check out books online, the ebooks, the audiobooks. So a lot of my skills I learn from self-help books. Yeah, same. That here. is one of my favorite things to do is is how can I improve on this area or that area? So if I read a book and I get one thing out of that book, I'm already moving forward. That's beautiful. I love yeah. books too. And do, I think we connected over that to <laughs> our personal development. Thank you so much yeah. for that, Noemi. That was powerful. I just got this question that came up to my mind. So I'm going to ask it. Talking okay. about vulnerability, and I'm going to share mine too, okay? It's going to okay. be kind of a fun question to get people inspired and recognize that we are not perfect. <laughs> what has been your most embarrassing moment when it comes to public speaking? I think for me, there was an educational track that I wanted to complete. And I was down to maybe a week and I put a speech together. It was actually a presentation. I put it together from one day to the next because my goal was to complete that by the due date. And I had not shared my screen or put it in presentation mode in a while. And there was an upgrade in the software. So I was so confused. It was PowerPoint. And I was so confused because it automatically went, put the screens in two different views on my laptop. And I wasn't really sure what was going on. So I constantly kept looking back at the screen that was projected. And I felt so embarrassed in the moment because I felt that I was off track. Everything was just not going well. And I probably apologize. I'm sorry, I'm not really sure what's going on. And I started beating myself up in the moment because you're not supposed to apologize when you're speaking. At least that's what I've learned, that it's better for you not to apologize. Most of your audience, they're just thankful that you're up there to share something. Exactly. So at the end of that presentation, and one thing that happens to me, I get really hot when I get nervous and I might start doing this and I'm sure I did everything that I wasn't wanting to do. And at the end of that speech, Yannette, you know what I was so proud of that I 
got it done. I might have <laughs> because I needed that credit. And again, it goes back to what I said previously that sometimes you have to put yourself in those situations. If I would have said, no, I'm not ready. I need a few more days to prepare and rehearse and practice. Then I would have missed that mark to get it done on time for me to get that educational credit. So it's a, I all, I focused, all I focused on that after that speech was, I got it done. I got it done. I got credit. Some things probably went well, but it felt for me, it felt that some things went bad, especially as an experienced speaker. Yeah. That you yeah. feel that you have people looking up to you. You put more pressure. And yeah, you put more pressure on yourself. And when you're in situations like that, you let them know that even as an experienced speaker, you're not perfect. Things happen. But you the trick is to put yourself in those uncomfortable positions. Don't give up those opportunities. At some point, it just clicked in my mind. And I said, those are opportunities, opportunities, opportunities opportunities and the more you say it the more it just kind of sinks into your brain it's so humbling right because it's an experience that reminds you that you're still a student right that's the part yes. that is beautiful you're still okay. learning you're still learning i'm gonna share Always mine <laughs> okay okay what is it so i was in corporate right in supply chain when you met me and i was asked to give a presentation next week about a topic that I was very familiar with, right? So I prepared the slides, uh, my supervisor reviewed it, everything was just perfect. The night before, I was dating this guy, and for whatever reason, we had a discussion or something, and it was one of those nights where you don't rest very well. I think I probably slept like three hours or four, and I usually sleep eight to nine hours. And I remember the next morning came and this meeting was probably around 10 a.m. And I was drinking so much coffee. I was like one cup of coffee. I'm done. Another coffee, one espresso. I'm like, I just need to be energized for this meeting. Right. So I was drinking all of this coffee and I'm like, I'm going to get ready energy. OK, let's go. So the time came and I had my presentation. I felt good about it. And I started talking literally after my introduction i was trying to talk but my mouth was so dehydrated from the coffee that words were not coming and this was an audience of like executives and senior leaders and they were all trying to get me water and they're like where is water, where is water? and i was like oh my god this is the most embarrassing moment ever i learned not to over drink coffee. I didn't know, honestly, that too much coffee dehydrates you so much. And of course, yes. to have water, I didn't have water at all. But after I got water, right, I felt a lot better. And I finished, like <laughs> you say, I got it done. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I got it done and I got the message across. At the end of the day, that's the point. But even yesterday, when I was drinking coffee before my workshop <laughs> at this yoga studio, Loveland Yoga, I was thinking about that situation and I was cracking up. <laughs> I'm like, that was a moment just to just laugh about. <laughs> and, and that's why I like to share stories because looking back, we can laugh at it. And yes. I always, when I share my stories, I tell whoever I'm sharing it with, I'm so happy that I can laugh about it now that <laughs> nothing bad happened. I'm still here to share that story and laugh. Oh my God. It was <laughs> so just for your audience, share your vulnerabilities. That's what people like to hear. And talking about vulnerabilities, one of my mentors, she said, you want to know what people want to hear in your stories? They want to hear the dirt in your stories. I'm like, what do you mean? Yes, they want to hear that you're not perfect. That's so when true. you share that you're not perfect, that you fell down and you found a way to get back up, that's how you connect to people. If you go out there and talk about how your life is perfect, you know, your life is perfect like Facebook, people <laughs> yeah. tend to put the good stuff, then you may not make connections with people. But once you show them that you're not perfect, that you have issues, you have problems, and that's normal, then you'll make connections and they'll want to hear more and they'll want to be your friend. They'll, you might have shared something with them that made them think differently about something that they were about to do or brighten up their day. You never know how you touch people with your messages. That is so true because how come people look up to someone that they don't identify with, that they are just mm -hmm. like, perfect i mean that doesn't even exist right so it builds trust that vulnerability yes. 
I totally see it with myself when I listen to people. And honestly, I find myself like asking like, okay, what are their struggles? Like, what are their challenges? Usually that's what I'm interested in when I hear people's stories. So it is also interesting that you mentioned that. (laughs) Noemi, what are the skills? So we talked about those masters quite a bit. So what are the skills? We talk about public speaking, but there are so many skills that those masters can provide. What are the skills that you have gained with those masters and that those masters can actually help people with? Yes. So one thing that comes to mind, when I first started Toastmasters, as I mentioned, I was very afraid and and I, I just stuck to it. And I didn't know all of the opportunities that were going to come out of me showing up day after, well, week after week, month after month, year after year. So one skill that I developed is that, and you mentioned it, is that I wanted to become a mentor. I wanted to mentor. I wanted to help people get up there and share their stories and Toastmasters. And that became my superpower. I never... I never had a superpower before, but I just got so passionate about it and I wanted to do more and help with people. But I had to develop that skill of going up to people and asking them, can I mentor you? Because I can find nuggets in people. I can see it. I can see things that they might not see in themselves. So that's one of the skills that I developed. And it's my favorite skill amongst other skills that I developed. I didn't see it myself. I didn't, I went in there just because I had all these fears, not knowing that I was going to develop that. So let me share with you some of the opportunities that came out of my Toastmasters experience. I was nominated to give a TED Talk in 2017. I remember. At my job. And I almost said no because I was scared. I knew that I was going to deliver a speech in front of hundreds of people at my corporation. And that was intimidating, but I didn't give up the opportunity. Although I almost did, I said yes. And once I said yes, I was committed. I was committed to do the best to my ability. And and that's what I ended up doing. So that was one opportunity that came out of it. And she did amazing. I was there in the audience. I remember (laughs) like it was yesterday too. And then what developed out of that, then I started mentoring future speakers to deliver TED Talks. I was considered a speech delivery coach which is really cool. So I've been doing that since 20, as speech coach since 2018. So along with mentoring members at the club, because when, when I would see somebody visit regularly and I didn't see them go up there or, or maybe become a member and, and not deliver any speeches. So I knew that they were committed because they were showing up every week. So I would take them under my wing and just have that conversation with them. What is it that you want to get out of Toastmasters? Which area do you want to grow in? It's okay if you share your vulnerabilities. And I would make them feel comfortable. Whatever you tell me, I'll keep it confident. If you don't want me to share anything with anybody, I'll keep it confident. I won't share anything. If you're okay with me sharing in the future, just, just let me know how you can gain my trust. And by me doing that mentee after mentee after mentee, then I started gaining experience on what they would tell me, what they would say, how they wanted to do it, or what was their fear, et cetera, et cetera. So then I became a speech coach. I became a mentor. And then more opportunities started just popping up. My daughter, my youngest daughter, when she was in high school, she graduated in 2018. But I believe it was the same year as of 2017 that she said, Mom, my teacher is putting together a 10X at school for the first time. And I told her you can help her because you're a Toastmaster. You like to funny that you're a Toastmaster and you like to mentor people because they listen. They listen to my conversations. They listen to me at home. They listen to me talk about Toastmasters. So whether we know it or not, when they listen, it starts becoming part of their lives as well. So she connected me to her teacher and she was just so honored that I wanted to help her. It's like, yeah. And I told her my background that I had delivered a speech and I had Toastmasters and all of that. So I actually became their coach. And we only had a little bit of time. I was able to mentor all of the speakers. Wow. And I also included the other speakers to mentor the speakers of that TEDx chapter at that school. And it just felt so good to give back. So that's the other thing that surfaced that I never knew. Looking back, I never knew all these opportunities were going to happen. And then even my managers, because I always put it on my one-on-one and that I was in Toastmasters, member and a mentor. And some managers would say, you're a Toastmaster. Can you go mentor this person or just tell them about the club? Because managers and supervisors, that's their job is to develop people. So they knew that I had that skill. I started speaking it. I love to mentor. 
and I practice it in order for me to get better, I have to continue to mentor others. So I've just been blessed in that area. And if I would have never gone back to Toastmasters, I would have never gained and had those opportunities that I have now. And now I put myself out there. I just like to share that I like to mentor. And if anybody feels that they just need some type of feedback, they reach out to me. Or sometimes coworkers might say, I mean, you're a Toastmaster. Give me some feedback. Do you want like the raw feedback or do you want me to clean it up a little bit? Because everybody's different. And some people like, give me the raw feedback. I wanted that raw feedback. Don't hold back. Don't sugarcoat it because you need to know your audience. You don't want to push people away or scare them away and never and never come back to you. I love your journey. So thank you for sharing. And the beauty of those masters is that even in the meetings, you get used to giving and receiving feedback, right? So everyone has a different structure, but the concept is similar. And you become, by practicing, you become so much better and even getting comfortable with giving and receiving feedback every time you go to the club. So I think that's a beautiful thing because feedback is a gift. That's the only way we can continue learning and growing. And one thing that I've learned is that that is the heart of Toastmasters. Meaning if we only show up and we deliver speeches, everybody just goes and delivers speeches and we don't receive feedback. How will we know where we need to grow, where we can make some changes? So what I've learned is that feedback is a gift because if I continue to do it, do it a certain way and somebody t- doesn't tell me that there's options to do it differently, I'll just continue to do it the same way. Yeah. And saying that is in Toastmasters, everybody's at a different level of getting, giving feedback. Some people have a fear to give feedback, to evaluate a speech. And that's why it's important. And I hope that we can inspire people to at least be a guest at a club is that in Toastmasters, you know, because it's vocalized of who that member is, where they stand, a, a beginner member, an experienced or seasoned member. And that's how you can tell the difference in, in the skills. So when I know, I pay attention to my members, I know that they're brand new and they may not have experience giving feedback, then I know that they might be afraid or they might not do the same job as an experienced speaker or an experienced member. So I give them that space to practice and just just get started, get it started, get it started and give feedback. It may not come out the way I expected it, but it's okay. They're going to get better. So for those of you that are listening to this podcast, put yourself out there. And I guarantee you, Yannette, because I pay a lot of attention to feedback is, and that's one of my expertise as well, is that people will not give you feedback because of the fear of not knowing how to say it or Mm -hmm. what to say, because they don't want to hurt your feelings. I guarantee it. And that's why, as we were talking earlier, I say, Yannette, my feedback is simply my opinion. So grab what you like, and just let go what you don't like. Just throw it away. Because some people may not have that skill to throw away what they don't like. They might internalize everything. And then they develop this fear. It's like, oh my gosh. But I always remember that it's only an opinion, especially the new speakers. If it's their very first speech in Toastmasters, which is called the icebreaker, I like to tell them this is only my opinion. And I keep it very simple. Maybe I only find one thing in the area of improvement. And that's it. Maybe it could be words. You said odds a lot. It's okay. Just keep coming back and we'll help you get rid of some of those crutch words. Wow. That's very empowering for them to keep, I mean, to continue going back. Right. So I, I love yes, that. I never, 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 <laughs> never, never want to push anybody away. I want to inspire them to keep coming back. And Yannick, that's what makes my club strong is making those connections, making people feel comfortable. And I feel that if I do it, then other members will, will see how I do it, and they will learn from how I do it with hopes that they'll also do it going forward. You're right on in terms of most people or a lot of people are afraid of giving and sometimes receiving feedback because I see it on my coaching clients. That's something that I work with almost every client that I have, right? So like we mentioned, it's not only about public speaking, but it's about leadership, mentorship, feedback, community. It's such a beautiful organization. And at this point, I'm sure some of our listeners are like, okay, you both have talked a lot about those masters. I want to know how does a meeting look like? And I know that every organization, they have a different structure under the same concept, right? So it's like a similar structure. 
how in your club, how does one meeting looks like overall in a very high level so they understand yes. the flow of it? Okay, so in Toastmasters, we like to start on time and end on time. That's always the goal. So when it, the meeting is kicked off, we, we always follow an agenda. And on the agenda, the president opens the meeting. And then we have a member that's assigned as the Toastmaster of the meeting. So they facilitate the meeting. So we typically begin with a theme. Every meeting has a theme. And some of the easy themes are whatever event or holiday is going on in that time frame. For example, February, if it's Valentine's, then we can easily use that as a theme. It's Valentine's and The theme means that throughout the meeting, we'd like to interject the theme, if you can. It's just a little challenge. So taking that, taking the theme as an example, if I'm chosen as a speaker, then I will do my best to see if I can interject the theme into my speech. But going back to the agenda. So then we open up, the Toastmaster opens up the meeting. Then we have the prepared speeches. So if I'm scheduled to deliver a prepared speech, they're typically five to seven minutes. Some that are working on the higher levels of the educational part of Toastmasters, they might be delivering a 14, 15 type of speech. And it's all building blocks, so just to give people an idea of different types of speech, speeches. After the speeches, then we have the table topic. So that's when we bring in the table topic master that has prepared questions. And what the table topic master does, they, that person is to interject the theme into the question. So if it's Valentine's, and some of the questions could be, what was your most memorable Valentine's moment? Or what was the worst thing that you received for Valentine's? Or what do you typically do to val for Valentine's? Do you even celebrate Valentine's? Those are all just simple questions that the table topic masters can, can ask. And people, members volunteer, will ask the guests, if they would like to answer a question. And sometimes I guess they volunteer and go out there and answer a question. And then after table topics, maybe that's 10, 15 minutes, then we have the evaluators. So while we're doing the table topics, the evaluators are writing their, their written evaluation or their notes. Then it, let's say if we have three speakers, then we have three evaluators. The first one comes up and if I'm the first speaker, I stand up, I like to stand up and they'll share their evaluation with me. The easiest format to use is good, better, best. What did I do good? What can I do better? Area of improvement. And then what did I do best? It's very similar to an essay. You can start with an intro mm -hmm. and then your three points and then your conclusion. So when people come to me and Amazing. say, how, could, how do you evaluate? I remember back in school, you had the beginning, middle and end. Just do that. In the beginning, you can just come up with something that, that works for you to kick off your, your evaluation. Some people get very creative and they develop acronyms like WIN or ONE or whatever it is. They try I to remember that in competition. Come up with, yeah. yeah, so it's really cool. But you gain those skills as you show up to the meetings and you hear what other people are, are doing or you see how they're doing it. And it's, it's okay to just borrow with pride. So that's the evaluation. So they have two to three minutes to deliver the evaluation, each speaker gets evaluated. Then what we do after that, there's also some voting. So you vote for the best speaker, you vote for the best table topic answer or speaker, and we have somebody that counts the ballots, you vote, you send your ballots secretly, send them to the ballot counter, and then at the end of the meeting, the Toastmaster delivers the winner. And that's good because some people are very, very competitive. I was never competitive. I was more of the, can we all just get along and sing Kumbaya? Uh -huh. But Toastmasters taught me to be competitive. When I started seeing people win, then I got that bug. I wanted to start winning too as a speaker, as a table topic speaker. So you know what happened, Yannick? That made me show up more and put more effort. I was never competitive before Toastmasters. So that's the other skill that I gained. Then I got to the point where I wanted to start competing in club contests, club speech contests. Those are seasonal. They happen around February at the club level. And then they just, if you win at the club level, then you keep going up to the next level, the next level, up to the district, etc. So we've had people win at the district level and participate at the international level. And I don't want to say a lot because I want people to learn to go out yes, there. Yes, yes, please. But for those of you that are competitive, then that's another thing that Toastmasters can, how Toastmasters can help you is by participating in contests and participating in meetings. and There and is so much. 
getting that blue ribbon. There's something about that blue ribbon when you get it, you just feel so proud. It is true. I was uh, showing <laughs> Cody a picture of me when I got the blue ribbon and I'm like, baby, look, this was 2017. I mean, you definitely <laughs> feel proud about it. So yes, it's just so a- when I received my very first ribbon and I, I remember in my club, we had a member that was very good at speaking and she read books all her life in elementary She read, 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 and her vocabulary was just beautiful, and she had no fear in speaking. She told me, we became very good friends, and she wanted to polish on her leadership because she already knew she was really good at speaking, and she would always win. So my goal became to beat her, and the day that I beat her, <laughs> I was so proud because I love that. that was one of my goals, and it happened. And we're yes. still good friends, and I, I still look up to her because she's such a good speaker and writer. But again, you develop those skills by practicing. She's been practicing to read since she was in elementary. Mm-hmm. So that's how she got good. So for those of you that have that, I'm not as good as that person. is because probably been doing it for a long time. So now looking back, I've been in Toastmasters since 2007. Look now. You've given me the opportunity to interview. I know. You know, and the cycle of I, life. I, I love and it. I wasn't going to say no to the opportunity, but back in 2007, I probably would have just ignored your request. If I just delete the email, then But a huge easier for me to say no. <laughs> I love it, my friend. And I appreciate you being here, Noemi, and sharing all these knowledge and experiences with us. Because sometimes we need a little push <laughs> and sometimes we need to understand better the benefits. So I think you have extensively talked about the benefits of Toastmasters. So let's assume someone is out there and they're like, okay, I'm ready to learn more. What do I do? So they go to toastmasters.org, right? Yes. They literally write their seed code. They find the chapters that are close to that person. Mm-hmm. I know you have a recommendation because you have told me before, but I want you to say, what do you recommend the next steps to be after that? After they made a list maybe of the clubs they may be interested yes. in, what is the next step? The next step is to go visit those clubs because every club has a different culture. And I recommend to you for you to find the club that fits you. Some of them might be a little bit more professional and not joke around. Others might joke around a little bit more. They might have, they might meet for an hour and a half to just have that extra space to have some type of dialogue. So there's a club out there for you. So maybe the first one that you attend may not be for you, but if there's five that you want to visit, go visit every club. And when they ask you, because they're supposed to ask you, what inspired you to come and visit our club? You tell them why. You share a little bit about you. I want to sharpen my leadership skills. I want to sharpen my communication skills. And there's five clubs that I want to visit. And this is my first club that I want to visit. Whatever you want to share, or if you don't feel comfortable, just share something and get start that journey of having fear by taking my my advice and just share something and once what I tell my mentees once you say it it makes you feel so much better because you know what nothing's going to happen when you say it it's a supportive environment I love that no, so I that's the first step is just to yeah. visit then also ask after the meeting maybe not during the meeting but afterwards the officers typically hang around ask about the fees Toast, there's a fee for a membership, which is $46. It's the best investment on yourself. But they might also have other fees. Some fees, some clubs might only have an extra $2 or $5 or $20 per And that's year. per month, right? If I remember well. Well, the Toastmasters fee, that Toastmasters International, that's every six months you pay $46. Which is but nothing. Every six months, nothing. $46. I mean, that is nothing. And the, like... The investment, the return on that investment is just huge. It's yes. wow. Yeah. That's, uh, the other thing is ask how frequently do they ask. And when you search it, it might say whether they meet weekly. I recommend weekly because weekly, if you can attend, you get more out of it, more benefits out of it. Some clubs might only meet twice a month. So if you skip one, then you only have one meeting per month. So do what fits your schedule. The other thing, okay, I've talked about the money part for those people that might be on a strict budget. And then there was another area that I, that I thought about and I just lost my thought, but that's okay. What's your no next worries. question? Okay, cool. So yeah, so once they like it, they're like, okay, I like this one. You pay the fee and then you start attending the meetings, practicing, just getting involved in the community. That is just beautiful. I really yes. appreciate it, Noemi. 
Okay, last question before we conclude. Are you ready? The last one? Oh my God. Uh, th there is a rapid fire question <laughs> that I make. So there will be more questions, but they are just quick. <laughs> last question. Do you have any routine or anything that you do before delivering a speech? Like, do you have any ritual or routine? Like, how does that look like for the you? First, I deliver a speech. So I take that different way. When One is when I get to the meeting and they kick it off, I sit there and I just smile and I look around at everybody, acknowledge the audience, that's Peter, Jane, John, etc. And I make eye contact and look around and I just smile. There's something about smiling that it affects your brain. I sit there and smile because if I sit there and I'm like nervous and oh my gosh, oh my gosh, how am I going to do? What if I don't do well? Then that's going to send different messages to my brain. That's one thing that I love to do. Then the other thing that I do is if I'm the first speaker, I go up there and I am feeling a little bit nervous. Nervous is good. It's a sign that you care about what you're going to say. Everybody gets nervous. If you look at videos about professional speakers, they will tell you that they still get nervous. Yeah. So nervous is good. But don't look at being nervous as a bad thing. Don't let don't let that keep you from delivering a speech or a message. So I go up there and I, if I'm feeling nervous, then I'll do this. I'll just use my arms to release some of that nervousness or energy and just get it out. That's what I do. I sneak that in some way, especially in Toastmasters when there's either at the beginning or towards the beginning when we say, hello, Toastmasters and guests. And that's when I take advantage of the opportunity to just release all that energy. Then I'll always remember that maybe after the first 30 seconds of your speech or the first minute of your speech, your body and your mind just tells you it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Nothing bad's going to happen. And you just relax. So just keep that in mind that your mind will eventually relax once it knows that it's in a safe environment. And always keep in mind that People want you to do well. They're there to support you. So That's right. That's start thinking that something bad's going to happen. Counter that thought and say, nope, my audience is here to support me and they want me to do well. That's pretty much anywhere that you go to speak. They want you to do well. Exactly. That is true. And I totally agree with your, your routine. I have a similar one. The one that I follow is to set the intention. Hey, I hope that this message impacts the people in front of me, like my audience that adds value. And I just hope also that whatever words come, they are the ones that are meant to come, right? Like kind of like not wanting to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I also, like you do, adjust my body. I have this anchor that I use to get right into that state. And then I adjust my body in order to get to that power state and just deliver. Mm -hmm. But it's true. Sometimes at the beginning, you're like a little bit nervous and then you get used to it and you start enjoying it and having fun. Yeah. That's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I always think about when I was president of the club during the meeting, I would write notes. Yeah. I would write notes and I would acknowledge who was a little bit more nervous or who did this or who did that. But as a leader, because I was de also developing my leadership skills, I wouldn't mention names, but if maybe I would say, I noticed this and I noticed that then I would give them a recommendation. Yeah. For those of you that might feel a little bit nervous, then I would give them a tip. For those of you that a little tip, maybe they used a lot of crutch words and the simplest tip would be just pause for a little bit. Maybe your mind is going a little bit too fast and you have to pause or use a crutch word to help you get to your next thought. I love to give them little tips. And I think all those little nuggets is what makes a club strong because you're constantly sharing with them. And you're not going to learn everything in the first session or the, the first six months. So you just have to stick to it just like everything else. Make mm -hmm. it part of your life. Yeah, I'm finding your own voice, like knowing that you don't yes. have to be like Noemi or like Janet or like these, but getting comfortable on your own skin and just talking like you do and, you know, like mm -hmm. speaking in a way that feels genuine to you. I think that's yes. one of the biggest things. Okay, Noemi, I've enjoyed this so much. What about you? 
Me too. I don't want it to end because I'm so passionate about this topic. (laughs) And I love to help people. It's my passion. And I just want to share more. Maybe we'll do part two. Yes, we can do part two, part three, part four. Hey, this (laughs) podcast is going to be here for years. So I got you. (laughs) And And, I know. I want your audience to reach out to you if they do attend a meeting because you know what? Cool. You can connect me with them and yes, I can still mentor them, it. mentor them, even though they're, we may not be in the same club. I love it. So do you hear that? Everyone out there, if you go to any club, reach out to me. I'll connect you with Noemi. She's just passionate about mentoring anyone really who wants to get better in this area and anyone in Toastmasters. So I know she's passionate. She's saying it, but I know it based on experience. Mm-hmm. And I think she has been one of the biggest mentors I've had in this area. And Toastmasters has helped me so much with opportunities as I transition from corporate to full-time entrepreneurship, just getting on my mm-hmm. feet, pivoting, experimenting, getting feedback. It's just, I cannot speak highly enough of Noemi and Toastmasters. So <laughs> please try it out and just reach out and let us know. We are here to help you. Are you ready, Noemi, for the rapid fire questions as we finalize these? (laughs) And these are just very simple questions. And I want you just to answer whatever comes to mind. The first thing, just trusting your gut, just like tabletop. I like like rapid fire. I actually had an icebreaker in my team and we did the rapid fire questions. Oh my God, I love that. Because I wanted everybody to have the opportunity to talk. And that's the skill that I learned in Toastmasters. So I was able to ask every single person a rapid fire question. And my boss, which it was my prior boss, he just appreciated that. He, he would give me the opportunity to do whatever I wanted to do with when it came to inclusiveness. That so is I'm ready. so beautiful. <laughs> You're like, I'm ready. Now I'm in the yeah. seat here. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite book? Janet, I don't have one favorite book, but I'll tell you memoirs and autobiographies. They're all my favorite books because there's a nugget in every single book that I read. We love stories. What's the last one that you read? The last, well, the one that I'm reading now, it's called H Mart. H Mart. So for those, yeah, H Mart. So write it down. And I don't like to research much about the the person that, that wrote the book because I want to learn from the book. It's really difficult not to go on Google and see who's this person if I don't already know them, but I don't want to say much about it because I want y'all to read it. H Mart. Okay, I'm curious H, H, now. H, the later H. H Mart. Yes. I'm just so I curious. To, I'm going to Google it. I love, that's the one that I'm currently reading. And I love to hear people's stories because if they're popular, some people, I don't know that they're popular because I may not watch those that stuff on TV or streaming type of applications. But sometimes the people that you do know, what you see on TV a lot of times, they portray as a perfect or people talk about it like they yeah. have this perfect life. But when they start writing that book and they share all their vulnerabilities, you start thinking, oh my gosh, they're just like me. That's they have something moms just else. like me. And then you appreciate that they're sharing their vulnerabilities. But a lot of times you don't know their vulnerabilities until you read their book. That is that's true. My, that, that's what I love about memoirs. So they have inspired me to write a book of my story because I want to inspire somebody, especially if somebody that they come from from the neighborhood that I was raised or any neighborhood, but that's what comes to mind in the moment is I I want to inspire them that they can become like me. They can become successful and do a lot and take advantage of opportunities. Oh my God, I can't wait for your book. (laughs) I'll I'll interview you when the book comes out. (laughs) I even have a title. It's called The Girl from Avenue J. Oh my God. Can you repeat that? (laughs) The Girl from Avenue J because I grew up on Avenue J and the East End of Houston. The girl from Avenue J. That sounds appealing to me. I'm curious about (laughs) it too. (laughs) Describe yourself in one word. In one word, I would say passionate. That is true. (laughs) What are you the most proud of? The most proud of are my children. I feel that I did the best at raising them. Not perfect, but I did my best and I'm still learning. Oh my God. And your daughter graduated yesterday. So proud. Yes. So proud of you. Yes, That's my youngest daughter, she graduated from Sam Houston University. That's so a big awesome, my friend. What's the best piece of advice someone has ever given to you that you can remember, of course, just right now? What I can remember right now is in one of my prior roles, 
I worked very close with managers and I had to collect some information. And that manager was a very good mentor. He was the type of manager that everybody loved. Everybody looked up to him. He was very open. And I think I shared with him something about, we look up to our management. And he said, you know what? He said, I never want you to say that again or to look up to me. He said, we are peers. He said, wow. I, may, I might make more money than you because of my position. And he said, but we're peers. Never look up to somebody. Wow, and I, I, de- I developed that because in my culture, the Mexican culture, we're very hierarchical. You look up to your parents. You look up to your grandparents. You look up to your tios and your tias. It's very hierarchical. So you tend to yeah. use that, which you learn, to your life, in your life, at your job, etc. And that moment, it was just so special when he said that because from then on forward, then I was able to share it with my friends. They just make more money than us. They saying bad things that can happen to me can happen to them. Yeah, we are all in the same platform, right? That's yeah. beautiful. All of your answers. I don't know if you read the autobiography of Michelle Obama becoming. Do you read that book? Not yet. Not yet. It's oh my list. God. I love it. And one of the things she says, she is like, I've sat with the most highly respected individuals in a table, in a meeting. And let me tell you, they are not that smart. <laughs> so it's just like a wake up call because you see all these people, like you said, that are famous or are leaders in the country or this. And you're like, wow, they must be so smart and have their stuff together. But she said, they're not that smart, you know, like, to be honest with you. And mm-hmm. it was such a big wake up call, just like you said, your boss told you about, hey, we're all peers. So we are all growing. We are all here. That's such a beautiful message to end this podcast interview. I'm so Aww. excited. So we finalize this. Do you have any final thoughts? And I know you mentioned, hey, if you guys want to connect with me, reach out to Janet, but I don't know if you want to share your Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever you want to share. I don't do a lot of social media. I do have Facebook. So for those of you that would like to reach out to me, it's Noemi Cantu Alvarez. N-O-H-E-M-I, Cantu, C-A-N-T-U, Alvarez, A-L-V-A-R-E-Z. You can also send me a message through Messenger and we can connect that way. And here's how I justify very limited social media. My time, I do my best to manage it. And I put myself in a situation and I say, do I want to spend my time on social media or do I want to spend my time reading? There's just something about reading and connecting with people through books that I choose reading over social media. That's beautiful. So that's why I only have Facebook. I don't post a lot. I connect with friends from way back in elementary. That's one of my reasons why I don't like a lot of social media because I feel that it'll consume more of my limited time and I want to spend it more on reading. It makes sense. So let's do this. If you want to reach out to Noemi, reach out to me. I'll text her. I can connect. And that way, I think maybe more efficient. (laughs) Yes. Okay, beautiful. Thank you so much, Noemi, for being here. You are just an amazing human being, an amazing mentor. And as I said, she's the Toastmasters mentor, okay? (laughs) Thank you again for your time. I know you're super busy, so I really appreciate. I hope our listeners, and I'm sure our listeners benefited from this interview so much. Thank you so much, Noemi. You're welcome, Janet. Take care, everyone. Thank you for (laughs) tuning in. I'll see you next week. And Noemi too, because she's a fan of the podcast. (laughs) Yes. Bye-bye. And one more more thing that I want to say is for those of you that are listening, be a guest on Janet. Yes. We love bringing new stories, new people, new journeys. Take that step. Take that step. Put yourself out there. Take advantage of an opportunity. I love it. Thank you so much, Noemi. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Take care. Thank you so much for listening at With Clarity and Purpose. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Sharing is caring. Please share with your friends and family so we can continue building an empowered community together. I'll see you next week.